0: Hi with Ainsley Bullion. Happy New Year and this is the weekly wrap on this day the 20th of January 2017. In Australian dollars gold is sitting at $15.94 and silver at $25.52 with the Aussie dollar at seventy five point six. So we've started the year with gold and silver up strongly from where we left it last year and that despite the now much stronger Aussie dollar. It was a week where we got a glimpse of both the power of Trump's comments and also a market starting to doubt his ability to deliver. The US dollar fell this week to a one-month low after Trump described it as too strong in an interview with the Wall Street Journal. He went on to say, Our companies can't compete with them now because our currency is too strong and it's killing us. Whilst that added more support for gold, it also saw the Australian dollar strengthen against it and take some of the shine off those spot price gains for us. The Trump rally continued to stutter with shares generally moving sideways all week and the Dow moving away rather than towards that magic 20,000 it floated with last year. There were a few economic data prints out of the US this week. Having spiked in the Trump Fourier since the election, the Empire Fed's manufacturing survey fell in January to 6.5, missing expectations of 8.5, and December revised down to 7.6. Behind the headline we saw the double whammy of prices paid spiking strongly and new orders plummeting. December US manufacturing output stagnated for the 14th month in a row with a near 0.2% rise year over year and half the already meagre 0.4% expected. On the back of the strong subprime funded car market we saw industrial production rise year over year for the first time since August 2015 thanks to a surge in vehicle production. There was no real relief in being seen in the housing market either with the NAHB housing market index disappointing at 67 against 69 expected and yet again the previous print revised down. MBA mortgage applications rose just 0.8% versus the 5.8% last time and purchases fell 5.2% when a 6.1% rise was expected. The December CPI report saw a headline inflation rise for a fifth consecutive month, up 0.3% and up 2.1% from a year ago, the highest since June 2014. Of note was rent inflation which rose a whopping 4% in December, the highest annual increase since December 2007, pushing shelter inflation up 3.6% year on year. But whilst costs are rising, we saw more evidence this week that wages aren't when, for 80% of Americans in production and non-supervisory roles, data this week showed real wages actually dropped for the first time since 2013, prompting the Bloomberg headline, costs are rising while pay isn't, is the US on the road to stagflation. We wrote about the pending stagflation in the UK this week, and it could, be, could well be a word you are going to hear a lot more of. Indeed, whilst the world... When Gargara over the, the affable Mr Obama this week, it seemed to gloss over the fact that he delivered an average deficit of $1.3 trillion in each year of office, more than five times higher than any other president before him, or twice the worst in percentage of GDP terms. And on that wage growth issue, when he took office, real average earnings, weekly earnings were growing at around 2.5% year on year. As he leaves office, it is growing at just 0.2% year on year. And they wonder why the average American voted for Trump. Companies' earnings aren't great either, prompting Goldman's to note this week the S&P has surged 6% since the election, but 2017 earnings per share forecasts haven't budged. It looks like... The U.S. creditors are getting concerned too with the wholesale liquidation of U.S. Treasuries continuing unabated in November. Treasury data released this week showed foreign central banks sold another $936 million of U.S. Treasuries in November, taking the yearly total to a new all-time high of $405 million. The second biggest holder, Japan, sold about $23 billion and the biggest, China, dumped a whopping $66.4 billion in US treasuries in its sixth consecutive month, the biggest monthly sell-off since December 2011 and taking China's total treasury holdings to the lowest level since early 2010. Over to Europe and Theresa May announced her 12-point plan for a clean and hard Brexit that promised no partial membership of the UK in the EU. The FTSE and Pound fell as the rubber is finally about to hit the road. The last of the credit rating agencies, DBRS, this week downgraded Italy from A low to triple B high, stripping the sovereign of its final A credit A rating. Last night the ECB kept their easy money policy unchanged and whilst there was no more talk of tapering, Uh, QE, Draghi did warn of downside risks to their fragile economy, which immediately saw the euro plunge. In China, and in the week leading to the Chinese New Year, the People's Bank of China had to inject an all-time record 1.035 trillion yuan into the banking system in just one week, as liquidity literally dried up on withdrawals. Of course this week we had all the bigwigs in Davos for the annual World Economic Forum, where the main theme was around globalisation and its effects. As we learned that the eight richest individuals have more wealth than the poorest 50% of the world or 3.6 billion people, a key panel discussion was titled, Squeezed and Angry, How to Fix the Middle Class Crisis. Post-Trump and Brexit, the elite are getting nervous. With Trump shunning the event, it was the Chinese President Xi Jinping who played the world leader and did so very effectively as he stressed the need for open trade, just as Trump wants the opposite. The stage is set. Probably the quote of the week described the conference thus, Davos is where billionaires tell millionaires about the problems of poor people. I think 2017 is going to see them realise again and again that those poor people have a voice and vote. We'll catch you next week and remember, balance your wealth in an unbalanced world.